The reason is because I love it. I love being in the mountains. I even love road running. Not as much as being in the mountains, you know, but I love it because I'm moving my body in the way I think nature intended for me to move my body. And so that makes me so happy and it makes me happy that I do have that quality of resilience. That was Myrna Valerio, and this is the Running on Ohm podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Running on Ohm podcast. I'm your host, Julia Hanlon, and I am so excited to share my first episode of 2020 with all of you. As some of you know, I recently came back to the podcasting space after taking a break for three years. So why did I come back? Well, in this new chapter of Running on Ohm, I felt called to focus on the stories of women who've committed their lives to endurance sports and outdoors. I'm passionate about understanding and sharing how these women live and learn with a connection to their mind, body, spirit in their respective pursuits. Now, have you ever been on YouTube and been so moved by a video that you actually had to watch it twice in one sitting? Well, that's exactly what happened to me when I saw REI's short documentary entitled The Myrnavator, which features the story of today's guest, Myrna Valerio. Since the documentary was released in 2017, Myrna's story has gone viral. Myrna is an ultra runner who came to running after a health scare in 2008, and in 2012, she started a blog called Fat Girl Running to share about her journey training for her first marathon. In 2018, Myrna was named National Geographic's Adventurer of the Year. So Myrna is a sponsored ultra runner, author, speaker, and educator whose spirit will move you. Myrna's memoir, A Beautiful Work in Progress, is a really powerful read that's going to give you an understanding of her backstory. When I was prepping for this interview, I was researching, you know, what podcast has Myrna been on? And she's actually been on over 30 other podcasts. So today's interview, we're going to actually focus less on her backstory, but more on where she is today. Where is Myrna now? This conversation has a lot of laughter. Myrna discusses what it means to be resilient in both her running and life, her journey as a mother, what inclusion actually means in the running world and beyond, and her plans and mantra for 2020. It was a joy to sit down with Myrna in Vermont last month, and it always means a lot to hear from you, to hear what resonated from today's conversation. So please reach out to Myrna and I on Instagram. Okay, everyone, you ready to dig in with the incredible Myrna Valerio? moms are amazing. Moms are amazing. They have this like other sense. It's not even the sixth sense or the eighth sense. It's like this totally different sense about them. Yeah. I, I don't have that yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you have it. Year old, I think I'll get it when I'm older. <laughs> oh, you totally have it. Yeah. I mean, I think moms have this level of intuition, especially in regards to their children, that is so powerful. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's that amygdala. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm like the amygdala. <laughs> Whatever it is. 
So tell me, Myrna, you're, we're here in Vermont, which is now your home state. How yeah. does it feel to call it home? Um, I love Vermont. Um, you know, it's, I, I lived in Georgia for a couple of years and that was home for a little bit, but it never really felt like home because I am originally from the Northeast and, uh, and it just wasn't cold enough. <laughs> And everyone was just too nice. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to smile at everybody all the time and wave at people on the road. Uh, and I don't have to do that here, which is awesome. <laughs> and that sounds like such a negative thing to say, but but there's no pressure to be social, um, which is, is great for me because I can kind of sort of retreat into my own self uh, and do what I need to do and be social when I need to be social. So um, I like that about the Northeast. Um, I love the snow. I love the mountains. I, I definitely wanted to live somewhere where I was in mountains and where I could train on mountains uh, and be on trails uh, without, having, without having to drive uh, there. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's not exactly, uh, urban, which I appreciate. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I can be very urban, (laughs) uh, because it's in my blood, but I also just love being in the mountains and, but having amenities, uh, such as sidewalks (laughs) and restaurants to go to where I don't have to drive. So, you know, I, I live in Montpelier, which is the capital city. Of Vermont and uh, a city in quotes uh, because I think it's 7,000 people, <laughs> you know, when all the, the uh, visitors from the day have uh, emptied out. But uh, I, I really love it. My son is here with me. He's 16 years old and he feels really safe, um, which is especially important as a, um, a young black man. Um, I wanted to make sure that he was somewhere where he felt like he could be himself. He's very quirky, very independent, um, and he just does his own thing. And you know, it's a, this is this is a state where it's really okay to do your own thing, uh, and I love that about it. And we have been warmly embraced, you know, warmly uh, in the way that New Englanders are warm. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, we love it. I, I just got furniture this morning, <laughs> so I'm not going anywhere uh, for the next couple of years anyway. That's awesome. Vermont is amazing and you're making me want to move. <laughs> um, well, you wh- should. <laughs> what has it been like finding your tribe? Or, because I know you travel a tremendous amount. Have you felt like you've connected with the community? I definitely have connected with some members of the community. I mean, I came up here initially a year ago to have a week-long adventure with my friend uh, who used to be one of my clients and one of my um, my uh, my very first retreat. <laughs> um, that's called Slow AF. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what AF means, uh, you can look that up. You can on the swear internet. on this podcast, okay, by the thank way. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to feel stifled. Uh, so slow as fuck, trail running adventures. <laughs> and uh, my very first one. And so this woman invited me up. She said, whenever you want to come up and have an adventure, come up and have an adventure. Aww. And so I had some time last year. And I wanted to snowshoe because I had never done that. I wanted to do some... Uh, we, we took a snowboard lesson. I ended up not liking that particular sport. Um, 
And uh, we just did lots of things in the snow and, and we, we hiked, <laughs> uh, we ran, we, we went to a, a rock climbing gym and, and just had fun. And that was, that's the kind of fun that I like to have. Um, I also love good restaurants and good food and, and good music, but um, I also like, I have to be outside and I have to be doing stuff that's active um, because it feeds me in many different ways. And uh and it was that week that made me decide that I wanted to live here, which which is really compulsive. <laughs> no, it's impulsive, <laughs> not compulsive. It's impulsive, but that's just the way I live my life, and uh, and I'm I'm so happy I'm here. That's awesome. It's kind of like that instinct we were speaking to earlier with like the mom instinct. It sounds like you actually knew. You're like, I'm drawn here. I want to be here. Well, you know what? I'll tell you exactly what happened. When I when I drove into Montpelier, it was like two o'clock in the morning um, because that's where I was staying. And hanging down um, in the middle of Main Street was, uh, there, there were actually two banners. And one of the banners was uh, a pride flag and the other one was Black Lives Matter. And I was like, oh, uh, is this a message? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I am definitely an um, LGBTQ ally and, uh, and I'm black. So that meant a lot for me. And, uh, and I, I really did take it as a, sign from the universe that maybe this was somewhere that I should consider, even though it was two o'clock at night. I can really, there was no one on the streets, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, and then I had a fantastic week after that. And, and that was it. That's, I was sold uh, because of the adventure. And I, you know, it's, it's way more progressive here than it is in Georgia, obviously. And I mean, not all of Vermont is progressive, but, uh, where I live is. And, um, and yeah, and I, and I just kind of knew that I could make a life here, which I have. That's awesome. What part of the what percentage of this year do you feel like you've been in Vermont versus out of Vermont? Because when <laughs> I look on question. your Instagram, I'm like, where in the world is Myrna today? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> um, for example, my mother, uh, yesterday I was in Vermont, but she asked me if I was in LA uh, because, <laughs> because she uh, saw that I had posted a picture on Instagram of, of when I was in LA a couple of months ago. So she text, texted me and said, uh, hey, are you, are you still in LA? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, and I'm in the Vermont where it's one degree. Um, but that was a picture from September. She's like, oh, because I, okay, because I never know where you are. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, good question. Uh, I have been fully home uh, with the exception of Thanksgiving uh, for about a month and a half, uh, which feels amazing. I love traveling and I love being, I actually am one of the rare people who will say that I love being on a plane. <laughs> I don't know, because it feels very, I don't want to say like it's home, but it just feels very normal for me to be on a plane or to be in some mode of transportation. Um, but I also am enjoying just being in my apartment with my newly arrived furniture as of this morning and, um, and it's like hanging out with my son. I love it. So, and this has been the longest stretch by far um, in four years where I've been in one place. 
And uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that has been crazy. That has uh, not necessarily been um, a very healthy thing for me. Um, and we can get into that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that probably 80% of this year I've been on the road. Damn. That's, that's a lot. That's exhausting. Yeah. It's incredibly exhausting. Yeah. Have you found that you've been able to rejuvenate at all in this past month, or have you just been exhausted? Let me tell you what I've been doing. <laughs> Give it to me. I took a bath this week. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> Which is, I haven't done that in about four years. Um, I also have been leaving my phone on the kitchen counter um, so that I can sleep and not wake up and immediately check my text messages or check my Instagram or whatever. Um, and um, I've been uh, just kind of intuitively sleeping, which is crazy for me because, I, you know, I in, in the past I wouldn't get more than five hours of sleep because I was always traveling or driving to an airport or in a different time zone. And um, so like I'll go to bed whenever I go to bed and wake up and I wake up at the same time every single day, which is 7.48. Put it in your notebook, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Which is is crazy for me because I am a morning person and like I don't mind getting up at four o'clock. I really don't. Um, But that was having a detrimental effect on me because I didn't necessarily want to or need to go to bed um, really early. I'd like to go to bed early, but I didn't need to. Um, and so, anyway, I've been sleeping. Yeah, you've been I have been sleeping. It. I feel almost at 90% uh, in terms of, you know, at being rested and, uh, you know, having my heart rate be normal uh, and not elevated. Um, and just like having my body feel good um, and back to a training schedule, which is very important for me. And um, because I wasn't all year last year. And um, and uh, yeah, and I've just been trying to not have anxiety about things, um, things that I can't control uh, or things that I can control. <laughs> um so yeah, so like it's it's been really good being in one place, being able to do work, um, and uh, not having to worry about being somewhere else, <laughs> and interfacing with a lot of people, which I love doing. But I'm also an introvert, so I need the time just to kind of be in my own corner. Yeah, you need you need like continue to need. It sounds like some deep recharging. Oh yeah, like at a cellular level. Yes. You know, my my physical therapists are always talking about homeostasis, and I'm not there yet. <laughs> but uh, that's that's something I think it's a, a very uh, I don't think it's a lofty goal. Well, maybe for some people it is, and maybe for me at one point this year it was. But I feel like I'm getting closer to that. When you spoke about anxiety just now, like how does anxiety present itself for you? What is Myrna anxious like? When I'm anxious, I can't get anything done. I just, I, because I'm constantly thinking about, well, what if I don't do it? Well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if something happens where I can't do it? 
<laughs> and then I don't get it done because I just have these like thoughts um, in my head and they and they won't go away. And then I just am stuck uh, and I'm blocked. And so that's not good because I've I've got a lot of stuff to do. So. Um, you know, at one point, you know, uh, every couple of weeks, I'm like really worried about money. Like, what if this ends? What if, what if I don't have any more sponsors? What if, you know, what if I, you know, what if some sponsor drops me like in the middle of the year? What am I going to do? Am I going to be able to pay rent? Am I, you know, what what's going to happen with my son? You know, like, and so uh, those are less constant thoughts. Um, and I and I realize that when I let go of all of that, things just happen. You know, like, and it's not that they just happen. I I make them happen. Um, but when I yeah, when I let go of all of those, all of the sort of like negativity that I'm creating myself <laughs> and all of like questioning myself because uh, nobody nobody is doing that I think it's me um, but when I'm able to observe that in myself and say stop being an idiot, an idiot just just go do it it'll happen one way or, any, or the other or I just call my mom <laughs> and um, and she kind of takes care of my mental health when she needs to which hopefully isn't too much. <laughs> yeah, what does your mom say to you? You know, it's it's uh she just talks she's like so, you know, what's going on? Um oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Um you'll be fine because this happened before like a couple years ago and what did you do then? When I was writing my book, for example, uh she's like, "Okay, uh you're having a a block. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Put on your opera." <laughs> And your classical music, and get to work, and that's all I needed. And I, you know, finished my book. So, <laughs> so every time I'm in a space like that, like my mom would say, "Put on your opera and your classical music, and get to work," and it works every single time. I love that maternal wisdom, <laughs> right to the core. So, opera music is something that is near and dear to your heart and you have training and background. Mm. How is that present in your life today other than just listening to it? Do you ever sing? Well, you know, I always find that question difficult to answer because, I mean, it's present all the time, but I don't fully engage in that anymore. Um, I uh, Because I, I will always be a musician and I will, that will never not be a part of who I am will never not be my fabric. Um, But, uh, I mean, I do love listening um, to classical music, anything classical, Um, mostly piano music, actually. Um, I'm also a pianist, but I'm not very good. (laughs) But I actually love playing piano more than I do, uh, more than I love practicing singing. I love singing, you know, like you know, creating music um, is, it, you know, it feeds me in a very spiritual and visceral way. Um, and so it'll always be part of everything that I do, um, even if I'm not singing on the trail or singing, um, you know, while I'm working out or I'm, I'm always singing. Actually, I'm always humming and I don't even know I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> See, I don't even know I'm doing it. Um, and uh, so, so it's, you know, it's always part of me. There's always a, a playlist in my head. Um, 
as of uh, late, it's been a lot of Tchaikovsky, I guess because it's the holidays. Um, a lot of Tchaikovsky and a lot of Berlioz, uh, <laughs> which is very specific. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I am a, that's how my brain works. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I love music. I don't, my piano is still in New Jersey. Um, that one of the places that I used to live. <laughs> it's in storage. Um, but uh, yeah, it is always, it's something that is really, really crucial to my well-being. Um, and clearly it helps me get shit done. <laughs> do you wonder, or do you think about how your singing training has impacted your running training in any way? Whether it be like through breath capacity or the mm-hmm. discipline, like is there, did singing prepare you to be a runner? I, you know, I would say that everything that I've ever done has prepared me to be the runner that I am today, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> um, you know, there is a lot of discipline in in studying anything seriously, um, and you know, particularly in in being like a voice major or like studying piano or. Um, there are many, many hours that you spend in the practice room. Uh, and I found that I, for 98% of those hours, I loved being in the practice room. I loved creating music for the sake of creating music, you know, la poula, as they say. And uh, I love that. I did not like the competition because uh, I, was, I was really only there to sing and to be in the music. Um, and so like, I didn't really pursue it very much. Uh, I pursued it seriously for about three years uh, when I was still living in New York City. And, um, and I just, I didn't, I didn't like the people I just wanted to. I wanted to do recitals and stuff like that. And so, and I, but I think that I think that is definitely echoed in what I do now. Like I'm not a competitor. I'm not a contender um, for any prize or any podium finish. I'm. That's not who I am. And I run for the sake of running because that's what I do. Uh, and it's hard. Like playing piano is hard. Singing opera is hard. It's something that I'm talented at. Um, I'm probably less talented than I was a couple years ago, but that's okay. Uh, I've made my peace with that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's part of my fabric. Uh, I love to run because running is good for me. Um, I made music because that music was a very important part of my spiritual being. And uh, and it made people happy. <laughs> uh, you know, I did go to Juilliard pre-college and, and Oberlin Conservatory, so then two of the best music schools in the world. So, um, so I knew I had that talent, but you know, it it wasn't enough and uh, to make me want to do that uh, as my career uh, because I was disheartened really by uh, the business aspect of it. And so like, I can still make music and I can still make people happy that way. I can still feed myself that way too. Uh, yeah. I will always have that. Um, I may not always have running. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that I always have movement and uh, movement forward, I guess. 
Mm. When you say you may not always have running, what do you mean? I don't know. The body is an interesting mechanism. (laughs) Sometimes it breaks down. Um, This year I've dealt with a bunch of, uh, well, not a bunch, but like uh, some injuries um, that kind of made me question why I was doing this. But then I always came back to, uh, because I because I love it, because <laughs> I'm going to try to make sure that my body continues to work. <laughs> um, and so when you when you um, you asked about like how this year had been, and it was uh, this year was really tough. I did some really cool things this year, like really really cool things this year. Um, you know, I was in Morocco for the first day of the Marathon des Sables. I you know I got to do these incredibly difficult 25Ks, one in uh, the Azores and in, in Portugal. Wow. Uh, the Azores, they say. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, at the Bergen Arrow Sky Race in Tahoe, uh, this race called Race the Wolf. That um, is my coach's race, and it's kind of crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, a uh, host of the TCS New York City Marathon by invite. And, uh, and it was actually work, and I got paid to do it. And so like I got I've got to, you know, I've gotten to do really, really cool things. But basically from uh from the summer on, I was dealing with some Achilles issues and some like other stuff in my left leg. And um yeah, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. Um so in so I had a really busy summer. Um, I was still kind of living from uh, living in Brooklyn and living here and traveling full time. And my son was in camp and and also we was at boarding school and then camp. And so there are all these like moving parts. And uh, my Achilles was not getting any better, but I had a bunch of photo shoots and video shoots uh, that I had to do because they were part of all of my contracts and, and things. And and uh, so I did them, even though I knew that I wasn't 100% uh, physically and mentally. <laughs> so I did them uh, yeah, with a smile on my face because, I mean, those things make me happy. And it's, and it's cool to be recognized by Garmin, <laughs> like, you know, and Merrill. It's really, really cool. Um, and the, but then directly after those two major shoots was the Trans Rockies six-day stage race. Um, and I, uh, but before then, actually, like, I had to fly out to Bend to do a thing for Hydro Flask, which I love. Uh, I emceed their 10th anniversary party. I'm not an MC, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, That's incredible. So I was like, well, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like a bro and uh, and just you know act like I know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and um, and it was really fun, and I made an inappropriate joke in front of a lot of people, but it was still fun because uh, I forgot there were kids there. Anyway, so um, I <laughs> so I did that, and then I flew back to um, Colorado um, and picked up my son from the airport <laughs> process, <laughs> and had two. Or three days before Trans Rockies, I uh, I am not religious uh, by any means, um, 
But the day before we started, and, my, and I was uh, staying in a house with my coach and another one of our teammates. And, oh, he knew. I'm, he totally knew that I wasn't going to make it. I know. He, he hasn't told me that, but I, he knew. And I went out the, the day before, the morning of, actually, and, and prayed. <laughs> and it's like, I know I, my, I know that my foot isn't okay. But if I could just get through this, you know, and show everybody I can do it, even though I'd already done that the previous year, then I'll take a break. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> and then, um, but I knew, but I also, and I also wasn't feeling well. And I, you know, obviously this is my body saying, please stop, please stop. And so I get on the starting line and um, three miles in, I know it's over. Like I knew it was over. <laughs> and I couldn't even be angry. It's like I, I knew it was over. My foot was hurting. Um, I was extremely nauseous. And, uh, and I just couldn't, nothing I did made it better. Like, and I have all the tricks. <laughs> Of all the mental tricks, I've got all the mantras. I, you know, I'm like, am I hungry? Okay, let me eat something. Uh, let me stop at the, you know, when I get to the aid station, I will have some ginger ale and that will take away the nausea. Um, nothing worked. And so uh, so the um, sweeps caught up with me because they always do. And, <laughs> and, I'm, and I said, you know, I'm done. I, I'm not a quitter. Um, and you know what? Quitting is okay. Wait, quitting is okay. It totally is okay. And that's something yes. that I've had to learn and not feel bad about. Because if it's not the right time, if it's not your time, it's not your time. And it's okay. So uh, again, huge lesson learned um, over the last couple of years. And and so I was just in a, I was in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of physical pain and I was in a lot of emotional pain because I had let myself get to this point where I had to stop. And my body couldn't go on. And, and there was no forcing it. And, um, and I had put myself there. And so, and my son was also there. He was volunteering. Um, <laughs> and so I'll tell you about that in a minute. But so the, the sweeps caught up to me and said, hey, you know, we're going to get you to the first aid station, you know, doing a little tough love. Um, I don't need tough love because I just do that on myself. But I'm like, okay, fine. Well, let's we'll see. We'll see. And they offered to carry my pack, and I'm like, I can carry my own pack. <laughs> and uh, the guy, I forget his name, that was there. He said, "Give me your pack." I'm like, okay. <laughs> and and every couple of steps, they were like, "Drink some water." I'm like, okay. And I, I don't like people telling me what to do because I'm usually in that position. And uh, and so we get to the to the aid station and then I'm like I'm done I like I can't go on and so the sweeps from the previous year <laughs> Tim and Chris uh they came by and they were like come on let's go because <laughs> they, they had done this with me uh the the previous year and so um but I was like I I can't like I, I can't do it I'm in a lot of pain and I'm sick and I I like literally can't do it and I shouldn't I shouldn't go on. But then I like started crying. And I'm I'm not a crier. And you know, there's nothing wrong with crying, but I don't cry a whole lot. But I 
bald and like uncontrollably. <laughs> Mostly out of anger uh, for, you know, having let myself, you know, get to that point. And um, I just couldn't stop crying like all day. Like I would, I would stop crying for about a couple minutes, you know, and hold it together. And then I would start bawling again. And, and I was like, I don't want to miss my son to see me like this crying and being a quitter. <laughs> But it turned out that my son threw out his back <laughs> while I was out there. <laughs> and so we were both a mess. Uh, we had to see the same medic and they're like, you're a mess. You're, you're both of you. Go away. <laughs> um, but then, you know, and they checked up. Uh, on both of us <laughs> throughout the throughout the day. And then the next day, um, actually that evening, the sweeps, Tim and Chris from last year, they came to me and said, here, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> Again, people telling me what to do, and I don't like that because you know, I'm a teacher. I, that's my job. <laughs> and uh, I and I said, um, what you're going to do tomorrow is you're going to come with us early, and you're going to hike in uh, as far as you can, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt, and you're going to greet people as they come up the mountain. That's that's your job for tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, see you tomorrow. And and that's what I did. I hiked in. It was, it was um, on the way to Hope Pass. Wow, that's and, beautiful. Uh, and, I, like, and I, for some reason, I got, like, it was a really, really difficult part of the trail. It was, like, straight up. And I just kind of went crazy, started singing show tunes. And I'm not a musical theater singer, but I just did. <laughs> like, at the top of my lungs, singing show tunes and, like, greeting people, like, hello. <laughs> you know, <laughs> saying good morning, good morning. And, uh, you know, had I been uh, heading up that hill, I would have thought it was really annoying. But um, I was just loud and obnoxious. And some people stopped and cried. They were like, thank you for being here. Like, you were, like, injured. And here you are here greeting us. Thank you so much. And that was it. Then, like, okay, high perspective. <laughs> Hello. And so... That evening, the race director came to me and said, hey, I got a job for you. And I'm like, what? Give me a job. I want to do something. <laughs> I want to be here. I don't want to be here not doing anything. And my, my son's back is broken. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me what to do. And so uh, he said, what, um, remember last year on that last day, I let you go out an hour early so that you could actually finish the race and like finish all the miles, finish all six days. Remember that? He's like, can you be the early start leader for the rest of the the days and I was like, oh yeah, I got you, I got you, you know. And all I had to do was to make it to the first aid station. I could hike because we're, you know, we're starting an hour and a, an hour and a half early, and that was my job for the rest of that. That's my job in the next Trans Rockies. I'm going to be the early start lead, and, uh, and I was like, I got you. And so many people who would not have been able to finish the race got to finish the race because he allowed them to start an hour and a half early, and I'd done those courses twice <laughs> already. So I got to do that. So it was a huge learning experience. And also um, I got to be active, but not hurt myself. And yes. I also got to be there for other people, which was really important. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the low point. Um, Sounds like that, that day when you broke down was almost just like a really, really like humbling day. That was like a turning point. Yeah, it was a catharsis. It definitely was because, and that's, and I had so much clarity after being on the mountain that day when, you know, I was singing and being obnoxious. I was like, oh, 
okay, <laughs> this is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many other people have gotten me to where or have, have helped me get to where I am now, which is a really good place. Um, I need to do that. I need to give back and pay it forward. I also need to take care of myself. Um, and it ended up being truly, truly amazing. And I'm so excited to do it again next year and then come back and run 2021. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I love about that is like you, you found so much joy in supporting other people and then also just like being in the mountains. You know, you oh, went yeah. in with like Trans Rockies is a really, really intense race, mm-hmm. but you were able to experience it that week in a healing way for you. Yes. Yes. It was definitely healing. Like it didn't have to break you down in mm-hmm. the way that like the race would have probably right. yeah. taking your oh, yeah. foot to the next. Right. But it's like it actually filled you up. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Like completely 100% filled me up. Yeah. So how have you gotten your foot healthier? Is it still? It's still, uh, you know, questionable. Not as questionable as it was. I've been seeing, uh, I have a physical therapist in New York, New York Custom um, Performance, and uh, who is one of my sponsors. And so every time I'm home, I... I will go there for like five days in a row. <laughs> and they're like, you again? <laughs> they, they have been really, really uh, awesome. And, uh, you know, I would not have, I don't think I would have finished uh, the New York City Marathon um, had I not seen them before a lot. <laughs> uh, and so they've been great. And also just being smart and working with my coach uh, and like also having him understand me and my schedule. And and I just had the greatest conversation with him the other day. He's like, you know what? Um, he's like, what I see from you is resilience. And I was like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> he said, you know, you have had these, like you've done all these like really, really difficult, hard races, most of them that you finished. Um, and then you were injured a lot of the year. But what I see is that you keep coming back. And that is like, that's amazing. You know, at a cost, but it's still a really great quality to have. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for saying that because, um, you know, like, why am I doing this? (laughs) I keep asking myself that question. And and, the, the reason is because I love it. I love being in the mountains. I even love road running. Not as much as being in the mountains, you know, but I love it because I'm moving my body in the way I think nature intended for me to move my body. And so that makes me so happy and it makes me happy that I do have that quality of resilience. Um, and I and I am very grateful for that because not everyone has that or has the, the privilege of being resilient. Is resilient something you feel like you were born with or something you've grown into? Oh, I definitely, I think I was born with resilience. Like my, my, my entire family is like extremely resilient. Anything that happens. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the family, mostly because my family is and was <laughs> uh, not wealthy. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I grew up in a family that toggled between poverty and working class and they're still on the line um and so a lot of stuff a lot of negative stuff has happened because of that and uh but they have always made a way 
Like I would not, like I went to boarding school. <laughs> they, they, they made a way for me to get my work done and, and, and excel at school. Um, just because it was something that they saw that they had to do and they did it. They found a way to do it. You know, like Diana Nyad says, find a way. They, they found a way. And that's how I try to live my life, find a way. You know, uh, Marie Forleo has her book. <laughs> Everything is uh, not unfuckwithable. <laughs> I know, I know what you're talking. <laughs> what is the title of the book? <laughs> I know. Um, not workoutable. Uh, We're gonna have to look it up. Yes, after. we'll <laughs> figure outable. Oh, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds. Figure outable. Everything or is figure outable. Yeah, it's, and it's so true. Just like I was talking about my mom. Well, you can figure it out. You can do it. Put your music on and just get to work. That's it. That's, I think that's what resilience is. You get to work. Make it happen. Yeah. I think that resilient spirit was very clear for me in reading your book, um, A Beautiful Work in Progress. Just hearing all all the different places you've lived and taught at and all the different journeys, like you've, yeah, you've had to really work hard. Is there working easy ever for you? You know, some of the work that I do now is easy because I love it. Um, you know, like when I get to be on TV. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a performing artist, so like that's easy for me. Like I, you know, I I don't really get nervous. I get uh, I'm just like full of energy and enthusiasm. Mm. You know, hoping that I don't fuck up, <laughs> but uh, but I know that I'm gonna have fun. So like that is really really fun. That's a really fun part of my job, uh, and I and I see it as a privilege. It's as something that I get to do. So um, things like like when I when I'm writing, even though I might have a writer's block or something, it's also something that I get to do, and that in the end I'm going to be so happy that I did it. It's like running. Oh my goodness, running does not always feel good. Yesterday when I was on the treadmill, I was like, why am I on the treadmill? <laughs> because it's one degree outside. <laughs> That's why I'm on the treadmill. And guess what? I get to move in this way, you know, and I see people on the treadmill struggling because, you know, they have some health problems or whatever. Or they're, the, the gym that I go to now is, um, it's also like a rehab place. And, uh, and I, and I look at those people and I'm like, I'm, I'm so grateful that I can move in the way that I do. So like, all I have to do is reframe. Like, it's like when we were talking about trans Rockies, it's it's a matter of reframing and yes. and having a slightly different perspective or having perspective at all <laughs> uh, or in the first place. Um, so yeah, like and there there are some tough things. Like you know, even when I'm doing photo shoots, again, I am a performing artist. I love to perform. I will smile. I will jump. I will run fast. If you ask me for f- ten seconds, um, but you know, like I was in a lot of pain. So that was hard. It was hard to, I was like simultaneously really, really happy that I was able to do that. But I was also questioning myself. I'm like, why am I doing this if it is hurting me? So um, I'm going to try not to do that in the future. (laughs) And just try to like make sure my legs and feet are healthy. Um, But uh, it, you know, it is, sometimes it's hard to confront uh, people's questioning of me. Um, I think that's probably the hardest part of my job. Um, 
you know, I've, I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of meeting of people. And, you know, people will ask me, um, so why are you so fat? Sometimes they say it in those words and sometimes... To your face. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So, like, I don't... I, why, or, you know, why, why do you still carry so much fat? <laughs> And then, you know, and then me, like I'm looking on my Instagram, for example, and in, in like on my Google, Google photos and of like two years ago. And I was, I was thinner than I am now, like not by much, but I was thinner and I was, uh, you know, and I look slightly different. And I'm like, I thought, like, you thought that was fat? <laughs> I was like, fit as fuck. Anyway, um, but um, yeah, I, I actually had this um, and. Incidents happen uh, when I was at the TCS New York City Marathon Expo, which is just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I was with my family after I had been on Good Morning America that morning. And and TCS, the company, had uh, gifted me these uh, four races that they sponsor, which is really cool. (laughs) One in Sweden, one in Amsterdam. Whoa. uh, The New York City Marathon and another. And um, so like I was on a hide. Like I was, you know, my family had been there in the studio with me and it was just a really, really good moment. A really good morning. We had breakfast together and, and then we went to the expo. And I am a fool, <laughs> again, performing artist. And so like I'm doing these boomerangs, <laughs> you know, for my Instagram. And so there was one boomerang. They, they had given me a jacket that said the Murnivator on the back. And it's, it's on my, my IG now uh, where I'm like shaking my booty. <laughs> and so we did a couple of takes and there's like out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy. I don't know who he, who he was. I mean, he's just kind of like casually observing us. And uh, and so after we're done shooting, <laughs> I go back over to my family. I was like, okay, you guys ready to go? I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to be on my feet. It's the day before the marathon. They're like, okay, but this guy, he's like, so um, so who's the motivator? And, and so I, my cousin was with me uh, along with my brother and my mom. And my cousin had been serving as my like de facto PR person, I love <laughs> it. unpaid. Um, it's a family affair, <laughs> I guess it is. And she's like, "This is the motivator. She is a motivator. She's an ultra runner, which means that she runs twenty six point two miles and up. And uh, she's uh, she's a you know motivational speaker. She is an inspiration because she gets people out to run. I was like, yeah, I, I really." just want people to, you know, get out and do whatever it is that they need to do for themselves. If it's running, if it's like CrossFit, <laughs> if it's whatever, Zumba, whatever it is, just just do it and, and, and be okay in your body while doing it. Yes. And uh, so this guy, uh, he says like, well, don't you, I'm like, oh, here we go. He was a little pause. Like, don't you ever think, or do you ever think that... I was like, no, I'm I'm happy in my body, uh, and, I've, and if you're asking if I've you know lost weight, I'm like I already lost weight, seventy pounds to be exact. He's like, but don't you ever think you know maybe there's maybe there's something up, maybe there's something wrong, you know? I was like, I was like, there's nothing wrong with my body, and then you know, but but then you know, then I stopped because no matter what I say, 
I'm not going to convince this guy who happened to be, he knew exactly who I was. And he happened to be a race director, uh, not of the marathon, but of other races, uh, well-known. And because uh, I looked him up afterwards and we had a little conversation because I was, you know, just trying to be friendly and try to be gracious. My cousin was getting really agitated and, and I was like, I hope she didn't pull her Brooklyn out. <laughs> um, and then my mother, you know, she's just like, really? <laughs> um, and so that's the part of my job that I don't enjoy because there, I am not going to convince Anyone who is not ready to open up the perspectives of, you know, who an athlete can be like or what an athlete should look like, I'm not going to convince those people. Um, and so, you know, it's so I'm always, you know, battling with if it's worth my time to even talk, you know, but I have to be gracious because that's, you know, that's kind of my job. You know, I'm in the public eye. Um, I don't want to be rude. I mean, I can be rude. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed yeah. at how compassionate it sounds like and patient you were in that moment. I'm right now hearing you share that story. I feel like I want to throw something. Well, my cousin was <laughs> like, like... I want to ban that man's races. <laughs> I like, my mind is going. Like, that seriously disgusts me. Yeah. Do you find that there's a certain type of person that asks you that question? Is it's it- usually white males. White I mean, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, sometimes it's other people, but most, you know, like if I were to go through all of the commentary that I've gotten and all of the the little like social media fights that I've gotten into uh, unwittingly, <laughs> um, it's usually white males. Um, and, you know, again, there are definitely women and there are definitely people of color that, you know, are like, you're fat, you're obese, you're overweight. You, what are you doing? Go and go on a diet. Why don't you do keto? Why don't you like go paleo? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, that, that hurts. Cause I, you know, again, like it's kind of like the music business. Like I don't want any of that. I just want to go out and run and if, and, and, or make music. And if that gives somebody joy and if it makes them, or if it, if it allows them to envision themselves doing something similar or doing something that they have always wanted to do but have never, ever seen anybody that looked like them or had a, like a shared experience like that, um, they've never seen that. And now they are seeing this and they are seeing that it is possible for them to do something similar. That is why I do what I do. Actually, that's not even why I do I do it for myself, but it's a huge side benefit, and I know it's a benefit. So I do want to bring joy to people, and I do want to open their eyes to all of the possibilities. <laughs> like uh, I'm thinking of um, uh, Queen Latifah in her movie, <laughs> uh, the, the one, the, the Last Holiday, uh, where she has like the possibilities journal. <laughs> it's kind of like a vision board, you know? Like, like I think I can be people's vision boards. You know, um, and that sounds very narcissistic, but I really don't mean it in that kind of way. Like, what I mean is that, like, here's a representation of what could happen or what could be or what the possibility is. Uh, and, they, and you know, that, that gives people... Permission is a not the right word, but it, but it gives them a way in, like an entree. Yeah, it's like a gatekeeper yeah. almost. How... 
have you ever had a conversation where someone is critique criticizing or saying, really, these honestly, it's abusive hearing this man's conversation mm-hmm. with you, where you were able to get through to someone or to explain to them all different types of people are runners? Those um or when you I find that people no. 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 When I when I am in those situations, uh, first of all, I'm not always <laughs> articulate <laughs> because I there's so much emotion and you know that I have to deal with when I'm having that conversation. So I don't I don't think I am able to in the moment convince anybody. Of course. Of that. Um, and you don't have to convince anyone. I, you know, and I don't. And I, and I don't see that as my job. My I'm here for the people that need to see me. And um, if you don't need to see me, go look somewhere else. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, and everyone yeah. should be seen. No, like no one, everyone has a place here. I believe that too. Not everyone does. Um, and, you know, people often respond violently, not necessarily physically, but like they have this like response, this violent response to my existence or the, my, the, the work that I do. Um, and they get really angry because in their world, there's only one kind of runner. There's only one kind of athlete with one kind of body. And when you come up against that, when you have to, when you confront that, um, it, it, you know, it creates feelings of, of, <laughs> um, of imbalance, I think, you know, and they like they no, that can't be. You know, I know I know that when I when I speak and I you know, I tell my story, I know that there I know that there are people that are rolling their eyes. I can't see it necessarily, but I know that there are those people there. And I know that there are people doing that. I know. I'm not talking to those people. I know that there is a benefit in me being in front of those people, but I'm not I'm not there for them. Um, And those people are the minority also. I mean, to see how many people have received and been so deeply inspired by you and the way in which you are a gatekeeper for people, I feel like there's so many more people who love on you. Do you feel that? I mean, I hope so. (laughs) Um, I... I definitely, I definitely feel the love. Um, look, I keep getting speaking engagements, <laughs> and, and I keep getting like work. amazing <laughs> races around the world. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I mean, I know that there's a need for people to feel included, and uh, in our increasingly siloed world, where people are lonely. And they are in need of community. Um, I know that that people like me and and people who do the a similar kind of work that I do are um, we're only here we're we're here to build community and to and really to love on people or to help people love on themselves and to love other people. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I do so, see myself as uh, um, just as a, an ambassador for the sport of running and for other things. Um, you know, part of my, part of my um, personal brand, I, I teach a workshop on this. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> is, uh, so, so I have their four words, um, joy, adventure, inclusion, and community. 
Um, so I do want to build community. I do want people to feel included. And, if, if, and, and I want to teach people how to do that, um, how to include others, how to like open up your circle, your family circle, your friend circle. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, some people find that community online and that's okay. And we have to like not <laughs> denigrate that experience for people. Um, and, and a lot of times those online communities become in real life friendships. Um, That's and, been my experience. You know, and so, and I, I love that. I love that aspect of social media because it, it does connect more people, but it also does create a lot of anxiety. And so I get that, uh, which is why I don't sleep with my phone anymore. <laughs> You're not allowed in the bedroom. No, no. I have, to, I have to create some more rules around that for myself <laughs> so I can be a... Uh, so I can uh, be a good role model for my son, but also just to not constantly be on my phone because, I mean, it's, you know, it's my job too, but I got to not be on the phone anyway. But anyway, not so good. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I just want to, I want to bring more people to the sport and not just to running. But I just, I want, I'd love to see more people feeling like they are entitled in the spaces that they're in you know, in the athletic spaces that they're in and the intellectual spaces that they're in and whatever kind of space you're in. Like, um, I say this all the time and I said this to National Geographic first, you know, I like to stick my big black ass into places where people think I don't belong. And that's a lot of places. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that I would love to see people with the same sense of agency. And so any way that I can do that, you know, if it's just by being a role model and just doing that myself, then so be it, I'll do it. So you are, I mean, such an inspiration to many. Who inspires you? My mama. That's, I mean, it's an easy question because I, I, you know, I don't necessarily look for inspiration outside of my own experience um, because I feel like inspiration and motivation are those like fleeting things that you never know when they're going to come <laughs> and you can't really depend on them to live your life. So, um, but my, like, I, you know, I look to my mom, you know, who's had a very difficult life um, and a lot of health issues, but she still does the things that she needs to do. She gets it done. She and she's very community minded and, and family driven. Uh, and now she's like really coming into herself and doing things for herself, which I love. And I want to support that in any way possible because she's you know she's got four kids, and she's basically the the caterer for the entire family. I mean, and I mean extended family. <laughs> And she's a caretaker for everybody. Like that, she sees that as her job and she's very proud of it. But it does, you know, um, affect her like health-wise and, and, you know, and (laughs) fatigue-wise. And so, um, but she's just like coming into herself and she doesn't really give a fuck. (laughs) And I want want to be that person. Of course, like I want to take care of myself and I want that to be a priority, but I also don't, I don't want to care about, things that I don't need to care about. So what what are you caring about that's holding you back? <sighs> you know what? I I don't feel held back right now at <laughs> this moment. Um I, you know, I do care about my physical health very deeply. I care about my son. Um we're doing a really unconventional thing this year, like where he's not in school. Um and I'm I'm not calling it homeschool because I think um, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing an adventure. 
Um, and like, I had some anxiety about that. I was like, you know, well, what are people going to think? You know, here's this black kid, you know, and he's not in school. Like, he's, he's you know, are they going to think he's a high school dropout? <laughs> like, I do have like those worries sometimes, but then I'm like, you know what? This kid is like the most privileged kid ever. <laughs> you know, we just came from Mexico where we were running with a Tarahumara. Uh, he was missing for three hours. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of want to hear about that. <laughs> And uh, like he's having these really great, um, uh, you know, experiences that other sixteen-year-olds simply do not have, and and that I've got to be okay with that because that's incredible. You know, we're having a break right now, but we're going to be in Bermuda next month. We're going to, um, you know, he comes with me on my speaking uh, engagements, and uh, you know, we're probably going to hit Costa Rica. <laughs> you know, so like I had some, I had a lot of anxiety. Like, what would people think? But then I remembered that I don't care what people think. <laughs> and then I, uh, I saw one of my neighbors the other day, and he says, "Get out! So how's the year going with your son?" You know that you know I'm so proud of you for doing this unconventional thing, and I was like, I'm in the right place. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Montpelier, <laughs> like, um, where you know where that's totally okay and celebrate it and, even. And, and celebrate it, and like you know we're picking out his next reading material, and he's writing on his own, and like I don't have to wake him up and say, hey, you need to write and read, because uh, he does that on his own, which is huge. <laughs> Because that never used to happen. And he like goes and works out on his own. So like that's really cool. And so I've had to kind of step back and just let things happen and be okay with it, knowing that I and like in the end it's gonna be this amazing thing that not only is gonna look great on his college applications, <laughs> but you know, that that's gonna feed him as a human being. He's gonna have these experiences and this this level of um, sophistication. Well, he always, already thinks that he's like super sophisticated, whatever. <laughs> but you know, that maybe other people don't have. And I and I and I forget that like that's not the rest of the world. Um, and so I'm I'm trying not to be held back by by lots of things. I always have financial worries, but you know, I'm gonna put on my classical music and just get my work done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, your son sounds like an amazing man. And it's so cool to me to hear just about the experience and journey you guys are having together. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's there's also bumps along the way. I wanna know where was he for three hours? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Do you have another hour? Um, no. Okay. So actually this is... Um, also, you were with the Tara Humana. Like that's I, pretty I, incredible. I, <laughs> also. <laughs> casual. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just casually drop that. Um, I was a special guest at a, um, a retreat because I do my own retreats. And, and I think that people see that they're pretty successful and I sell out and... Um, and, you know, I get people to trail run. And so uh, this company uh, said, hey, we'd love for you to join us. You know, get some people to sign up. You can go for free. Uh, and you'll make money off of it. And so I use the money that I made <laughs> to take my son with me. And so, you know, we're in the Copper Canyons for a week. And um, during our, I think, second or third, second run, our second full day there, uh, he was in his zone and uh, he was like, he's a, you know, a mid-packer. And uh, I, I, of course, was in the back <laughs> with the sweeps. And I love being with the sweeps because I learn so much and I get to chat with people. And um, and so, you know, there were all these, there were so many things, uh, so many, you know how like when, when there is like 
something that goes on, something negative that happens in the woods or whatever, it's usually it's the accumulation of a lot of small things. And that's what happened. Um, there, you know, was poor signage. There was, you know, a group that just wanted to go super fast. <laughs> and they just went super fast and went the wrong way. There was another group in the middle. Uh, and that group was going the right way. But then everyone had to stop because the other group was lost. And so they turned around and then Rashid was gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually going to be the chapter uh, that I submit in my proposal for my next book um, that I've, I've already started writing it. and um, Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a much better writer than I am speaker, but because um, it's all like organized on the page. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, we all get together and we're in the back and there are all these messages flying with, you know, on the walkie talkies. And then I hear, I speak Spanish fluently. And um, and I hear that uh, one group is lost, or one group went on the wrong trail, but they're on their way back. And the second group, they're on their way back, but se perdió el chico. And I was like, hmm, there's only one chico. <laughs> Uh, but like there was a little bit of disbelief in my brain because I was like, oh, well, okay, that's not Rashid. <laughs> not my son. <laughs> no. And so the other group comes back. They're like, we don't know where Rashid is. And so I immediately get mama bear. Well, I'm very calm. I present as very calm, cool, collected. And so like when I, this is my problem. When I have anxiety, nobody ever knows. No one ever knows except for my mom. And, um, and so I was like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? <laughs> and they're like, oh, we have done all our protocols. We've sent out search and rescue. Like they had the actual search and rescue deployed to uh, go find my son. Uh, and because, you know, we're in the Copper Canyons and they do have somewhat of a reputation for people disappearing because there are drug cartels down there. Uh, they normally operate at night uh, in the dark, but they're still there, right? And um, and so in my head, I'm thinking about the guy that went down there from North Carolina last year and got killed. And I'm thinking all those things. I'm like, kids by himself, and it's kind of getting a little windy and cold. And uh, and uh, <laughs> make a long story very short, um, a very long story short, shorter. <laughs> we decide to go to where our meeting place, and so it turned out um, that. Uh, he was on the same trail that he was on the trail the entire time. And the, the trail was, as I said, very poorly marked. But he had a pair of Merrells. <laughs> and we were with Silvino um, Cubesare, who was one of the famous Tarahumara legendary runners. We were with him. And so he looks at me and says, Hey, come here. Is that your kid's shoe? Is that his footprint? And he wears a size 14. <laughs> and he's very tall. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's his, you know, because it was also a Merrill tread pattern. And I said, um, yeah, that's it. That's And so we followed his footprints. Silvino used to hunt deer on foot as a child and teenager and young man. So he was an expert. And so we were following his tracks. And it turned out that except for one sort of, uh, like, there were all these like cross trails and, and game trails. And if you don't know trails, you would think, oh, that's a trail. No, and not really know that it was a game trail. And so he went the right way every time uh, except for one intersection. And then you could see where his footprints stopped 
and then where they turned around because he somehow sensed that he was not on the right trail. Like, I don't believe in magic, but that was magical. And then eventually uh, they had dispatched all of the tour guides in the area to look for this tall black kid because <laughs> he was like the only tall black kid <laughs> with, with really big feet. Um, and they found him. He was still on the right trail, but he had overshot our meetings, meeting place. And uh, and they <laughs> drove him back on a four-wheeler. <laughs> and what was his state of being like at this his point? His state of being, he had no clue. Like, he's like, I but just kept going because, you know, I was in my, I was in my zone. <laughs> he didn't have any music on her. He's like, I was just in my zone. It's beautiful. And, uh, and then when I saw him, like I started bawling of course. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, but then I got really mad. I was like, but did it occur to you that there was nobody in front of you or in back of you and that you were all alone? He's like, well, yeah, at one point. <laughs> and then he says to me, he's like, mom, it's okay. I'm not traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I am. I was like, I'm traumatized. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then he, but then, like, I think as a date, we we continued, we finished our hike. We had about a mile more to do, and we ended up in the, the Valle de los Monjes, um, which is this amazing area with these like rock formations. And like he kind of like I just wanted to be by him all the time, but he I think he had to process the whole thing that he didn't even know what was happening. I had to process, and I was trying not to be mean and, like, just, like, agitated um, with him because, like, I was so happy that he was there and (laughs) um, literally that he was there. (laughs) And and then he did, like, and he just kind of got into himself, and then we debriefed that night as a group and... You know, he was just being a comedian. He was like, yeah. And I was like, I didn't realize I was three hours away from everybody else. And um, But I was like, in my zone, I was having a good time, you know, like looking at the rocks. <laughs> uh, then I turned on this one trail because like I felt like it was the wrong trail. And then, and I'm like, whoa, like, but, you, but I, as I said, I'm like really, obviously as his mom and <laughs> really happy he was found. Um, but what... What 16-year-old is going to have a story like that? I got lost in the Copper Canyons. No, he's like, for the record, I wasn't lost. Okay. Okay, honey. (laughs) You weren't. Actually, he wasn't lost. But we couldn't find him. Also, how (laughs) amazing that, like, your son has that same adventure spirit that you have. I'm like, uh, like, really? Is this magic? Or, you know, like, um, and he knows how to read trails. And, uh... And I was worried that I hadn't like given him my Garmin inReach because I had brought it along, but then he was too fast and so I couldn't catch up with him. And I'm thinking of all the things that I did wrong. And there, there, there are things that I would do like differently. I would, you know, have a debrief and, you know, um, I had some uh, feedback for the, <laughs> to give the company and they, they were, they were awesome. They were amazing. Uh, you know, and, and, and the fact that they deployed search and rescue so quickly, um, you know, kudos to them. And, you know, like they found my son. It's like, I have no complaints. <laughs> uh, and we had a great time for the rest of the time. We had an amazing time. You know, this kid grew to love trail running. He will never tell me that he likes trail running, but I know he loves it. Uh, because he had, he had, he's like, I really liked Mexico and I really liked the trails that we were on. And like, I actually took pictures because, you know, like you can take pictures when he's enjoying something. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that as a 16-year-old. Um, and uh, and so, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, 
I'm super grateful, super happy that uh, we had that experience together. And he like he now won't eat local Mexican food here because he's like I can't eat that anymore. <laughs> I gotta have the real thing. Vermont Mexican food <laughs> might not be <laughs> as, as good as maybe Brooklyn right. Mexican food versus Mexican Mexican exactly. food. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, the cool thing is like running takes you to these places. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like it's the reason I get to do all this cool stuff is because of running, and I don't run fast. In fact, I run really, really slowly, and sometimes I am walking. <laughs> uh, and uh, but it has brought me this really cool community, both online and in real life, and and these really cool experiences. Like I would have never gone to run in the Sahara <laughs> with a very heavy pack on my back. In the desert. <laughs> I've never done that. Like I got this random invite from the the media people at Marathon des Sables and they were like, hey, would you like to come and do the whole six days? And I was like, oh man, I can't do the six days because I had a had a speaking engagement already. Uh, but they're like, you can come and do the first day. Um, with some other media people. We're gonna do the first day and like and you don't you don't know how long you're gonna go. Until you're on the bus, six-hour bus ride from Warzazat to wherever they drop you off <laughs> in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and uh, about two hours in is when you get the road book with all the, the distances for the days. And uh, yeah, I mean, it could be anything from 18 miles to 50 miles. And uh, the first day was like just around 19 miles. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got it. I'm fine. <laughs> So like I'm not gonna just casually run a 50 miler. <laughs> yeah, and then like go home the next day. Um, but uh, that was really cool. Like I, and I got to hang out in Paris and uh, like do Parisian things. You know, a couple days before and um, like uh, who gets to do that on a regular basis? You know, oh, well, can you come to Portugal and run this race? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you've created this for yourself. You mean you've created this through that hard work? You know, I, I think I think it's hard work, but I also think it's like being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you know, I think that plays a, a, a big part of it. And and also having the privilege of, you know, you know, it was the blog that started all this. Well, I mean in the health scare before then. Um, but like had I not had that health had that health scare, I would not have started running again and, and had a blog and um but so it's a it's a this huge confluence of things, of different things. Uh, I mean, hard work is definitely part of it, um, but also like being in the right space. You know, I think we were ready to hear some different stories and see some different bodies. I think people were like, where am I in this? I want to run. I wanna, or I do run. I've been running my entire life. I don't look like that. Where am I? And so I think we were ready for that. And then I happened to sort of emerge again as a runner in that space and time. So, um, you know, I don't know if it was luck (laughs) or, you know, uh, but I just, like, I ran with it, you know, no pun intended. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, sure. Uh, Wall Street Journal, all right. Okay, hey, this is fun. National Geographic, (laughs) yeah. I mean... I still haven't gotten my free um, subscription yet. Anyway, um, <laughs> shout out, shout out, <laughs> yo Nachio. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been such an incredible journey. Um, 
definitely with uh, some very low points. Um, yeah, I think people look at my Instagram and stuff, and I do like try to represent like the positive things because we are so inundated with negative stuff. I don't want to put negative stuff up there. Uh, and I know people like have a, a an issue with like the <laughs> over overly positive. Instagram <laughs> accounts. I don't care. I want to put positivity out there. Well, I don't, when I'm feeling low, like I definitely try to, you know, be authentic and everything. But um, I think it's a great space. I'm glad to like have this opportunity and the privilege of, you know, of being a positive force in the world. Um, that's that's very important for me um, because I I I learn from that too, and I I I benefit from it too. Positivity feeds on positivity. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it builds. Yeah. And I like, try not to be like toxically positive, you know, no. like, oh my God, like just get over it. You'll be great. Just wash it off. <laughs> like I, I'm not that, like I'm Brooklyn positive. <laughs> you know, like I, I really try to, um, uh, you know, I think positivity, positivity comes from a really deep place of contentment and of and hope, and yes. I think that's that's what I try to imbue I, I, with with my whole sort of positive being, my, my my public being, and my and my personal private being um, is to have hope, yes. um, hope that we can be better, hope that um, you know the 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 world will have a bigger perspective on the things that need to be looked at again and uh, and that, that the world will be more inclusive in every single way. So that's where that that's where that positivity comes from. And I'm I'm also like I also just try to like when I'm happy about something I want to share it. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't want to share my sadness so much. I mean, you know, that's probably important too, but like I I I really want to share my joy and um and I'll deal with my the other things. <laughs> but I want to give you my joy. Yeah. I, I want to take it. For 2020, <laughs> what, what is on tap for you and how do you not burn out this year? Like, how can it be sustainable? Well, number one, that is like my number one intention uh, in 2020 is not to let myself get burned out. Because ultimately, I make those decisions and on the kind of work that I do and the kind of work that I say yes to and what I say no to. And I've been saying no a lot, which is great. It's so freeing. Uh, because I wasn't in, in a place where like, oh, I, well, I have to take this, you know, even if they're only going to pay me $1,000. Um, or, I ha- you know, or even if it's, they're not paying me. And I don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, especially like, especially for the things where like, I know that, People can pay me, and that's that's huge. And it, it sounds really crass, but like, there's that ha- hashtag "fuck you pay me," um, <laughs> and people think that like, oh well, you know, you do this for free, like, or you do this for fun. Um, so they don't think it's work, you know. Oh, can you speak at this conference? You know, we'll pay for your travel if um, no. <laughs> and I do, and I do have the privilege of having. Uh, an agent. So, um, so that is made easier for me. Like I don't necessarily have to have those conversations anymore, but, but if I, now that I feel empowered to to say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not going to fly across the country or to another country (laughs) and do your event and then not be paid for it because I have to prepare. I'm a professional at what I do. I do speak professionally. I am a professional writer. I, you know, I'm a coach and I, yeah. And so, so that's also been a learning process. So, um, 
And, I, and I'm glad that, that I've done the things that I've done, uh, even if I did do them for free or very little money. But I, I also have to make a living. I have a child to take care of, a man child <laughs> who eats a lot <laughs> uh, and just uses up a lot of energy in general. Um, you know, not, not just that. Like, I have to take care of myself and I have to, uh, and you also need to value my time and my, my expertise uh, that you're asking me to give to you. So, so that's, that's, uh, like number one on my agenda and sleeping, sleeping. I have to sleep. Um, I was listening to, um, Lauren Fleshman talking about sleeping and like how her life is so much better because she sleeps probably not as much as she needs to, but she sleeps more than she did. And so, and that's like, I've been suffering from like a 16, 17 years sleep deficit. And I can't do that anymore. Um, actually, it makes me gain weight when I don't sleep. And, you know, I am 100% happy in my body. But, you know, I don't want that to be a side effect of me not taking care of myself. So, um, like, sleep-wise or any, any you know, um, because it does have an effect on the way that I move in the world, like, physically. And um, so, and I know that is... Probably the first time I've said that publicly, <laughs> um, but yeah, and it and it that just doesn't doesn't make me feel good when I'm not rested. I'm like super bloated, and my you know things. I'm not in homeostasis, <laughs> and, and I don't want to. So I don't want to be in that space. Yeah, and I think so many people actually genuinely relate to that. Yeah, and, and whatever condition your body is in, you know, like I, I don't want to be imbalanced and and not able to do the things that I that I love doing. Um, so yeah, that's that's huge for me. And so like I've been very very careful and intentional about scheduling things and saying no, uh, and saying hey, you know, well, how about let's do that in December, <laughs> uh, like twenty twenty. Um, you know, because I'm already doing these three things this month and, uh, and I, I really do want to be home like at least a full week every month, which is huge because that was not the case before. So, and I want to hang out with my boy and, uh, because for a long time, um, and he will, he won't say this to me because I ask him all the time. He's like, no, you're doing this for the family. You're doing this for us. You you know, (laughs) like you and daddy work for us. Like you're you're trying to make our family like, and whatever, whatever word he would use, but like solvent, you know, (laughs) like, and I'm like, we're, we are, you know, but like, I, I felt like I haven't really been present and I haven't, you know, and it's not because I'm like trying to be self-deprecating. I haven't been present. (laughs) I've been traveling a lot. Um, and thank goodness I had a job that allowed me to do that. Uh, and then, um, and they, they took care of my son for me. Not everybody has a privilege, but now, like, it's like it's my t- it's my turn. <laughs> I'm your mom, uh, and we need to. I need to be with you, and you need to feel like I'm in your corner. Um, and so that's that is the goal <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, as he uh, struggles for like his like independence and stuff, and um, I'm making him sound like a country, but. <laughs> I think kids might be, in a, um, might be a country. They though, are countries unto and... themselves. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, and I, while I probably will not 
like the, I'll probably be doing a, the same amount of traveling, but it'll be spaced out a little bit better. Um, and, uh, you know, I do want to see some new places and, uh, you know, work on some new speeches and write that proposal <laughs> for the next book. <laughs> for my next book, which I thought would be about this year of adventure, but, I, but I'm learning so much about my son. Like I taught adolescents for 18 years. 18 whole years, and I learn new things every day about, like, I have all of, like, the intellectual information, like, about your prefrontal cortex development and stuff like that, but to watch it, like, just happen in front of me uh, while I'm, like, (laughs) emotionally attached as his mom (laughs) and trying to step back and not be an asshole. As he, you know, as he makes this way, makes his way through this like incredible period, um, you know, of brain growth and emotional growth and and physical growth. He's almost six three. Um, <laughs> gets my husband is fairly tall too, um, and uh, you know, it's really cool. And I'm so I'm so glad that I have a chance to kind of witness this and be there, like be really close. And I and he's so annoyed by me right now, but like. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> so would the book be on motherhood? You know, I think it will. I, I think it will because uh, that's not what I was planning it to be. Because uh, I was going to, you know, kind of chronicle our adventures and like do a whole lesson plan on how to travel with a teen. But I've learned so much about myself and about being a mother. And I'm actually releasing a lot of anger about being a mother <laughs> um, and just about motherhood and about how mothers are not supported in this country at all. Um, and it's really like, and it really weighs on me a lot. Um, and like, that was part of the reason my health was so bad and why I thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> I was having a panic attack because I like, I felt like I didn't have any support. <laughs> and, uh, and to a certain extent, I didn't. And uh, and I like I went through a long like I was angry I was so angry, <laughs> and you know and be, when you don't sleep, you know these things compound you know like the anger the the lack of sleep the the, the extreme fatigue this this summer was like extreme fatigue it was a fatigue that I felt you know in the first five years of my son's life that I I but I just had to keep going and then like that had a detrimental effect on my physical health and my mental health and my emotional health. And so like, we got to do better. And so like, I think, you know, this learning process uh, and kind of letting go and um, and just trying to understand motherhood now that I'm, I'm not on the other side of it, but like, I'm on a different side <laughs> of this, the hexagon <laughs> or octagon or whatever, uh, that uh, that is motherhood. It's very, very interesting. And yeah, Rashid is really lucky to have you. Are there any specific races or runs or places that you in particular are really looking forward to being or going? Uh, I'm really looking forward to going back to the Azores. Uh, I take a group there. Uh, this will be my third attempt. The first year that I went, I actually DNF'd. 
And so that was that was pretty tough because I had been invited and I was like on a stage and speaking and stuff. And then I didn't make it eight miles um, <laughs> out of out of uh, forty. Um, but uh, the last year that I went, it was great. This year I'm going to go back again. This year meaning t- 2020. Um, and taking a new group of women and just like that, the European trail community, trail running community is really incredible because they're all like super serious, even like the non-serious ones, they're, they're serious, but they're also very human. Oh, you didn't make it out. You try again next year. I love that. Um, and no one's laughing at you. No one's like, you're saying, why are you here? No one's, no, no, you don't see it in people's body language. Everybody's mm. out there. Like it's because it's the culture. Culture is, is to be outside. And to test your body <laughs> and to like be in nature. Um, so I'm really excited to go there. I am doing the TCS New York City Marathon. I'm doing a TCS Amsterdam Marathon. I'm doing this um, Swedish race that's also a TCS race um, called the Lidingelöpet. <laughs> I think I'm saying it correctly. Wait, say that again. Lidingelöpet. <laughs> what? I don't speak Swedish. I speak other languages, but not that one. Um, and uh, so I'll be doing that and um, giving my own, a uh, couple of my own slow as fuck trail running adventures uh, retreats, one in Squaw Valley in June that uh, is just ahead of the Broken Arrow Sky Race. So I'll do that again. And uh, there are other things that I'm, Bermuda in, in a few weeks, I'm doing the, the Bermuda triangle challenge uh and it's three races you know i actually will probably only do the mile and then the half but there's like the mile on friday saturday is a 10k and then you can do the half and the or the marathon the third day so do that uh and you know who knows my excuse me my uh, schedule is uh like i'm i'm booked (laughs) yeah through july um which is cool and uh, yeah, and I'll do Trans Rockies. I'll do the the uh, early starts again, and oh, and a lot of marathons, <laughs> so, and some speaking engagements. And I'm, I'm still building schedules for that too. But so like, it's really it's cool stuff. And and at some point, I will get a book proposal in and, um, and get started on that. <laughs> if you were to choose a word like a mantra. Or an intention for 2020, what would it Balance. be? Balance. I've already figured it out. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Balance is, is the word. Uh, I'm a Libra. <laughs> um, and But it's after a year of not being in homeostasis, or not being homeostatic, I guess it's the correct way to say that. Um, I really need to achieve some balance, physical balance, mental, spiritual, emotional, and not in a way like work-life balance because that doesn't exist. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. And so stop asking me about it. Uh, <laughs> um, because my work is my life. My life is my work. Um, but just I, I just want to be healthy in all senses of the word. Uh, and I think in order to achieve that, there has to be balance present so that's my word thank you Myrna thank you for (laughs) saying yes to this and making time this was such a treat thank you for having me 
Isn't Myrna amazing? She is an incredible storyteller, educator, and really inspires me to investigate my own life. Where can I cultivate more resilience? How can I make the running world and the world at large for people of all different body sizes, colors, and backgrounds welcome? I loved her one-word intention for the new year of balance. Reach out to Myrna and I on Instagram and let us know what moved you from today's conversation. And if you're into intention setting, what is your intention for 2020? At the heart of this podcast is creating community, a place for women's voices to be elevated and celebrated by everyone. Three very simple ways you can help me support this podcast that I think in total would take you less than three minutes are one, to leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. iTunes reviews are a huge, huge help in spreading the word about the podcast and help new listeners find it. If I reach 1,000 reviews by halfway through 2020, so that's going to be June 2020, I have a very exciting surprise in store for the Running on Home community. That's all I'm going to say about that. The second way you can help Rue is to subscribe to the podcast and wherever you listen to it, iTunes or Spotify. Third, share the podcast with a friend. Nothing beats the power of word of mouth. If you have a coworker, running buddy, family member, or maybe your cat that would be moved by Myrna's story, please share this episode with them. Thank you to the incredible podcast team that helps me create this podcast, Nick Errol for podcast management, Tim Briggs for design, John Summerford for audio production, Caitlin Marie Minor Ong for illustration, and my new album artwork. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm so excited to be back in podcasting with all of you in 2020. Lots of love and gratitude. Mm-hmm.